जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यनंद जय धित चंद्र जय रोर भक्त बिंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यनंद जय द्वैत चंद्र जय घोर भक्त बिंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यनंद जय जय श्री चैतन्य जय नित्यनंद जय भेत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद जय भेत चंद्र जय गौर भक्त बिंद ಗೌರಪ್ರೇಮಂದೇಸ್ತೀಗುರುಂಗ ಶುಪಾಯಸ್ತೀವೇದಸ್ವಾಮಸ್ತೆ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ಪಶ್ಚಾತ್ಯಶುತಿ ಮಂಚಾಖಪತುರ್ಭ್ಯಶ್ಚಿಪಾಸಿಂಧುಭ್ಯಚಿತಾನಿಯೋ ತಕ್ತಕಾಂಚನಗೌರಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ಬೃಂದವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವಿ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯನಂದ ಶ್ರೀಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧಾರ್ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಿ ಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 
हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे ओके वर रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्री चैतन्य चारिता दिस इज आदि लीला एंड इट्स चैप्टर टू Lord Chaitanya, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And we're reading verse number 10. Can everyone see the verse? More or less? As it's, as the board is drying. <laughs> okay. Hmm. <clears throat> ปรกาชวิเศษเชตังหดาเตทินนาม <laughs> Brahma Param Atma Arasvayam Bhagavan Brahma Param Atma Arasvayam Bhagavan Okay, what, what's it mean? What's the verse mean? We probably have a fairly good idea what it means. Anyone want to give a guess? No, no one wants to give a guess. Head scratching, thinking. <laughs> um, let's put our thinking caps on. That's what my teacher used to say. Obvious, huh? Not so difficult, huh? <laughs> yeah, very good, yes. What is this whole book about, right? <laughs> Uh okay. Huh? Yeah, there's something about prakasha, but I don't think there's anything about prakasha ananda. <laughs> okay. Word for word, prakasha of manifestation. Visheshe in variety. Teng ho, ten ho. It's, yeah, Bengali is sort of teng ho. He. Dhare. Holds. Okay, so dhare, that's going to be the verb. Whenever you're trying to work out what a verse means, it's good to look, where's the verb? 
you know the word verb? Uh, the action word within a verse, that's the verb. So, dare holds. Tina, three. Nama, names. Brahma, Brahman. Paramatma, Paramatma, and super soul. Aro, and Swayam. Himself, Bhagavan, <laughs> yes, all of the above, yes. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Jai. I don't think you have to turn it up, I'll just do this. Okay, um, so, translation. In terms of his various manifestations, he, and this would be referring to Lord Chaitanya, is known in three features called the impersonal Brahman, the localized Paramatma, and the original personality of Godhead. Okay, before we go to the purport, let's remember... Um, that this whole, yeah, I would say the whole chapter is an explanation of one verse, which we find uh, almost at the very beginning of this chapter. It's verse number five, and it's a Sanskrit verse. Yadadvaitam brahmupani shadi tadapyasya tanubha Ya atmantaryami purusha iti so syang shavibhava. Shadaishvaryai purno ya ihavagavan sasvayamayam. Na chaitanyat krishna jagati paratatvam paramiha. This is, I believe it's from uh, Swarup Damodar. Swarup Damodar wrote uh, some of these verses. Um, some of these bigger Sanskrit verses that Krishna Das Kaviraj quotes. Unfortunately, the original, the original text that Swarup Damodar wrote um, has disappeared. Um, some have claimed that they found it, but um, scholars say no. That's not it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it was his karacha. Karacha. Do you know what a karacha is? Yeah, notebook, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we have this verse which says. What the Upanishads describe as the impersonal Brahman is but the effulgence of his body. And the Lord, known as the Supersoul, is but his localized plenary portion. 
Lord Chaitanya is the supreme personality of Godhead Krishna himself, full with six opulences. He is the absolute truth, and no other truth is greater than or equal to him. Okay, so that verse is what's being explained. And that verse was in Sanskrit. And the Chaitanya Charitamrita is mainly in Bengali, right? Why is it in Bengali and not in Sanskrit, do you suppose? Why did Ch- why did Krishna Das Kaviraj write in Bengali? Huh? For simple folk, <laughs> okay, yeah, for Bengalis, he was writing for the Bengalis, most of whom would not be reading Sanskrit. Um, Rupa Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Raghunath Das Goswami, and. Uh, the other Goswamis. No, not all the other Goswamis. Sanatan, of course, Sanatan, Rupa, Jiva, and um, Raghunathas. They were all from Bengal. Why didn't they write in Bengali? They wanted, why couldn't they prove it in Bengali? Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sanskrit, Sanskrit was the lingua franca of India. To some extent, it still is amongst the scholars in India, the pundits. It's the language of general communication. And it's the language of the pundits, of the learned folk. And so if you want to uh, be taken seriously uh, among learned circles in India, then you have to write in Sanskrit. Krishna's Kaviraj quotes a lot of Sanskrit. And sometimes, or one time, he says, Some people are going to wonder why I'm quoting all this Sanskrit because they're not going to be able to read it. Well, too bad. (laughs) He says, you know, that he's explaining the Sanskrit with the Bengali. So that's what's happening uh, in this chapter and that's what's happening with this verse. He's explaining in Bengali what was uh, the what's packed up, you can say, in the verse. So he's unpacking it. Okay, purport. Now in this purport, Srila Prabhupada is going to refer to uh, the Bhagavat Sandarbha of Jiva Goswami, which was written in Sanskrit. Yeah. Srila Jiva Goswami has explained the word Bhagavan in his Bhagavat Sandarbha. The personality of Godhead being full of all conceivable and inconceivable potencies is the absolute supreme whole. 
impersonal Brahman is a partial manifestation of the Absolute Truth, realized in the absence of such complete potencies. Mm, before we go on, so what's he saying here? There's, there's the full Absolute Truth, and if you want to understand that full Absolute Truth, that's going to be Bhagavan. But um, Bhagavan can also reveal himself partially. And one partial revelation will be Paramatma. And then a lesser revelation is going to be Brahman. So it's, it's all the same. I mentioned this yesterday in the, maybe it's quoted in this chapter from Bhagavan. Bhagavatam Vedanti Tat Tatvamidas Tatvam Yajjanam Advayam Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Shaptyate Yes, the Advaya Jnana, non dual knowledge, is referred to by all three. And Jiva Goswami is going to explain when you have a list of three things, the third one, the last one, is going to be the most important. <laughs> okay, now we're going to get an analysis of this word Bhagavan. The first syllable of the word Bhagavan is Ba, which means sustainer and protector. The next letter, Ga, means leader, pusher, and creator. Va means dwelling. All living beings dwell in the Supreme Lord, and the Supreme Lord dwells within the heart of every living being. Combining all these concepts, the word Bhagavan carries the import of inconceivable potency in knowledge, energy, strength, opulence, power, and influence, devoid of all varieties of inferiority. Without such inconceivable potencies, one cannot fully sustain or protect. Does that make sense? If you want to sustain something, what would you like to sustain? What's the first thing you might think of you would like to sustain? If you wanted to sustain something, anything, your life, okay, <laughs> yes. Uh, so what do we do to sustain our lives? Eating, <laughs> breathing, okay. Um, and then what, how does it come about that, um, that eating does something to sustain our lives? How does that work? Huh? 
no idea. <laughs> we put something in the mouth and chew it and swallow it and that's it. Right? Uh, yeah, okay, it nourishes us. But how does it nourish us? With okay, yeah, you can say all these things, vitamins, and then there will be enzymes, and there will be proteins, and there will be any number of things, um, and you can go on explaining and explaining and explaining down to the cellular cellular level and the the atomic level, and still, when you get down there, you can still ask the question. How is it nourishing? How is it? How is it sustaining? At some, you can keep going down, down, down to the smallest detail, and still you'll be asking, "Yeah, but how?" Isn't it? No, you're not convinced. You think we can go all the way down? Energy exchange, okay. Okay. But just saying that, does that really explain it? <laughs> okay, we got to the point of energy, that's good. Now, um, Srila Prabhupada is uh, pointing out, Jiva Goswami is saying, Without such inconceivable potencies or energies, one cannot fully sustain or protect. So he's saying that God has inconceivable potencies, and unless you have inconceivable potencies, you cannot fully sustained. Maybe you can partially sustain something for some time, but can you fully sustain? And that's okay. We put food in the mouth. That's that's not even talking about how that food is produced, how it grows. And you can say, well, it's energy. Okay, so you're going to make a carrot, a carrot, Today we will make a carrot. Okay, get out some carrot-making things. And we'll make a carrot. Today, what did we do at Galokadam? We made a carrot. Actually, if you could make one carrot in one day, you would have... A lot of scientists coming here asking, how did you do it? And probably a lot of reporters as well. And then we would be famous. They made a carrot. Huh? That could be a good preaching technique. We should try that. Yes. And when they ask, how did you do it? We will say, we will point to Radhamadhan Mohan and say, it is their inconceivable potency. <laughs> okay. Inconceivable, unvorstellbar. 
Okay. Our modern civilization, okay, here goes. Prabhupada likes to, he likes to uh, smash, he likes to criticize modern civilization. Our modern civilization is sustained by scientific arrangements devised by many great scientific brains. <laughs> when Prabhupada speaks like this, I'm always picturing these brains in, in glass bottles. Scientific brains. Didn't they, when, when, uh, after Einstein di- died, didn't they take his brain and try to figure out why it's so brainy? They actually took it out. <laughs> really? <laughs> Indeed. We can just imagine, therefore, the gigantic brain whose arrangements sustain the gravity of the unlimited number of planets and satellites and who creates the unlimited space in which they float. So Prabhupada's suggesting uh, a... A, a mental process of imagination which is extracting out of uh, something more familiar, brains of scientists, in order to consider, okay, how's the whole universe going? He talks about uh, orbits of uh, so many planets and satellites. You know what else is out there in orbit now, since recently? Out in space, it's become a major problem. Huh? There's junk. There's space garbage. Huge amounts of it. And this, the scientists, the technologists are getting worried about this because this junk that's flying around out there is going at thousands of kilometers per hour. And when, you know, when it hits something, it can, it can uh, damage or destroy it. So they're trying to think of what to do with the junk. We've created junk. We have junk in the oceans now. We have whole oceans of plastic now. Uh, we heard, uh, I think it was Shivaram Swami mentioned, they calculate there's more plastic in the oceans now in weight than there are fish. Plastic does not decompose. It's not biodegradable. And some plastic can take hundreds of years or thousands of years to decompose. Human beings are the only producers of waste. Everything else that 
other living beings produce is not waste because it's all completely recyclable. But human beings create waste. Anyway, don't get me started. Okay. Um, satellites. If one considers the intelligence needed to orbit man-made satellites, one cannot be fooled into thinking that there is not a gigantic intelligence responsible for the arrangements of the various planetary systems. That's an interesting sort of logic. It takes lots of brains to put a satellite up out there um, and uh, how much more it must take to put planets out there. When I was uh, growing up, uh, my father was um, not a scientist, he was an engineer, but he was working with other engineers in the U.S. Air Force. And they were, um, he was in a, um, he was in one project where they were designing rockets. And he always insisted, I don't know if it was really true, but he always said, the rockets that we're designing are not for war purposes, they're for peace purposes. Yeah, okay. Anyway, the air, the military is making for peace? Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, they would, they would um, design these rockets. And now and again, they would test them. They would go out in the desert of California, um, near the ocean, and they would shoot up a rocket, <laughs> you know, that cost them millions and millions and millions of dollars to make. They would just shoot it out there and see if it worked. <laughs> and sometimes it worked. And sometimes it didn't work. And when it didn't work, they would scratch their heads. Hmm, what went wrong? Well, well, let's try it again. And they would go back to their office in Los Angeles, and for the next few months, they would spend a few million more dollars. <laughs> anyway, when Krishna makes a satellite or a planet... He doesn't have to experiment. Mm. There is no reason to believe that all the gigantic planets float in space without the superior arrangement of a superior intelligence. This subject is clearly dealt with in Bhagavad Gita, Chapter 15, verse 13, where the personality of Godhead says, I enter into each planet, and by my energy, they stay in orbit. Were the planets not held in the grip of the personality of Godhead, they would all scatter like dust in the air. Now you may say, no, 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 no. It's all happening by gravity. 
right? It's not just, no, it's gravity. Okay, then, what is gravity? How does gravity work? Can you make some gravity? Today, instead of, or we make a carrot today. Tomorrow we'll make some gravity, shall we? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, speaking of gravity, um, do you know what is a hummingbird? Do you have hummingbirds here? There are these small birds. Some are very small. Uh, others are maybe this big. And they have very long, sharp beak. And they, f- they, can, they can fly in such a way that they can be suspended like a helicopter. They look sort of like, like uh, futuristic, you know, UFOs. And they can move really fast. And they're, they're, they're extremely precise and they can uh, suck the amrita out of a, out of a flower. Of course, bees are doing the same thing. And you could say bee is like a miniature um, hummingbird. They're also moving super fast. Um, yeah, so how does that work? And, and also, how does it work in terms of energy? How much energy it takes for the hummingbird to do what it does? huge amount of energy in comparison to how much it's taking in. All right. I see you're not impressed. Uh, (laughs) Modern scientists can only impractically explain the inconceivable strength of the personality of Godhead. Okay, next paragraph. The potencies, oh, this is a long, long purport. The potencies of the syllables bha, ga, and va apply in terms of many different meanings. Through his different potent agents, the Lord protects and sustains everything but he himself personally protects and sustains only his devotees. Just as a king personally sustains and protects his own children while entrusting the protection and sustenance of the state to various administrative agents. The Lord is the leader of his devotees as we learn from the Bhagavad Gita, which mentions that the personality of Godhead personally instructs his loving devotees how to make certain progress on the path of devotion and thus surely approach the kingdom of God. So Prabhupada is giving an example of how Krishna personally takes care of his devotees, right? How he sustains. It's not that he's just sustaining us with carrots. 
he's personally sustaining us with what? Yes. And how is he doing that? How how is how is Krishna giving us knowledge? Okay, um, but before that, what does he do? <laughs> yeah, to Lord Brahma, he also spoke to Arjuna, right? And why does he say? Um, what does he say in the beginning? almost beginning of chapter 4 of Bhagavad Gita with regard to his speaking to Arjuna. Why is he speaking to Arjuna? He doesn't use the word disciple exactly, does he? Friend and devotee, yes. Yes, bhakto sime sata cha iti. Said, because you're my friend, my bhakta and my uh, sakha. Sakha. So that's how it all starts. Krishna speaks because, and why? Why does he speak? Okay, he's the bhakta. He's the sakha, and we could say one more reason why Krishna speaks to the devotee. Yeah, but why? Why help? Compassion, yeah. Another way we could put it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anything else? Any other reason? Say again. He loves, yes. He loves and therefore he cares. He cares. Um, okay. The Lord is also the recipient of all the adoration offered by his devotees, for whom he is the objective and the goal. Adoration, you all know the word. To adore is to, to offer Admiration. <laughs> um, sometimes, wait. Okay, for his devotees, the Lord creates a favorable condition for developing a sense of transcendental love of Godhead. Sometimes he does this by taking away a devotee's material attachments by force and baffling all his material protective agents. For thus the devotee must completely depend on the Lord's protection. In this way the Lord proves himself the leader of his devotees. That doesn't sound very nice. Krishna takes everything away. What do you think? 
<laughs> Only obstacles or does he take everything? <laughs> have have any of you experienced Krishna taking things away from you and you go, ah, why, why me? Every day. <laughs> he has something better. Oh. Which would suggest that whenever you lose something, the thing to do is to remember that it's Krishna who has taken it. And so you can, you can think... I'm going to get something better. <laughs> I wonder what it is. Oh, it's only Krishna Prema. <laughs> All right. Prabhupada, many times in purports, he's making this point about uh, how Krishna's taking things away as a way of showing favor. And sometimes he will quote a verse from 11th Canto. Do you know this verse? Yasyaham anugrinami harishye tattanam shanai tato adanam tyajantyasya svajana dukkadukitam It's Krishna speaking to Uddhava and he says, um, when I want to show special favor, anugranami, harishye, I remove tat dhanam, that person's dana, that person's wealth. Tataha, then as a result, adanam, that person who's now poor, who has nothing. Tyajantyasya, he is renounced by Svajana, by his own people, literally, by his relatives. Prabhupada would refer to this um, many times because this was his own experience. When he had this business, and then the business collapsed, and then his family members, he, he says, were disgusted with him. <laughs> I don't know who was more disgusted, he, they with him or him with them. <laughs> uh, but in any case, at one point he, he decides, okay, I've done my duty as best I can for the family. Hare Krishna. And then he, <laughs> he goes to Vrindavan. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's still... More to this purport. We can go through it quickly or we can discuss something that we've already discussed further. What do you want to do? Anything? Nothing. You want to stop here? No. Okay. Anything? More from what we discussed? Planets floating, garbage, plastic... <clears throat> There's only 12 white whales in the whole 
planet. Wow. That started, and that all, anyway, it started with Moby, Moby Dick, the killing of the whales. No, it didn't start with that. Yeah, they say, okay, on that subject, uh, I recently read a small book uh, which says, um, in the first sentence, he said, the crisis about uh, the, um, about nature is over. What? The crisis is over? You know, the destruction of nature... uh, the, the crisis about um, the wild, he uses the word wild, wild nature. It's over. Why is it over? He said, he said, and we human beings have lost. It's all over. There is no more wild on this planet. There's no more nature. It's all been, it's basically finished. And all that's left now is just sort of, you know, surviving for some time. And then he, he explained there's different categories of species uh, which are, uh, in effect, uh, some of them are like parasites depending on human beings and, and other categories like that. Anyway, wild, forget it. Uh, another thing I read was if today uh, all of the human industry production fossil fuel use everything would be just turned off permanently turn off all these lights everything just stop It would take 1,000 years for the ocean to get back to its normal temperature. Hare Krishna. Let's not get depressed, shall we? Back home, back to Godhead. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, Maybe that's the point. Please. Uh, I was in India last year. Mm-hmm. And I was in India after 20 years. I was 20 years back in India and then I was last year again. And you wondered, am I in the same place? Limka and Limka and Kola, yes, yes, Thumb, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 
It's shocking. Yeah. You get used to it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Unfortunately, um, people of India got used to garbage, and so they're living in so much garbage. It's a fact. Unfortunately, with the plastic, what happens is that the cows are eating the plastic, and now they find that uh, sometimes their their stomachs are full of plastic. They, there was a mention, who mentioned? They, they, I think it may have been Care for Cows in Vrindavan. Rup, um, Korma Rupa Prabhu's, the late Korma Rupa Prabhu's project. They, they uh, saved one cow and they took to Mathura to operate, to extract. And there were I mean, I couldn't believe it, but I, he said there were 40 kilos of plastic in the stomach. Uh, because what happens in, in India, uh, people have this sense that cows uh, should not be killed. But poor farmers, uh, when they have a cow that is older and no longer gives milk, or a bull or an ox, um, they just let them go. And their, their idea is, you know, wish the best for them. And so all these cows are wandering about, an estimated 40,000 cows in Delhi, in the city of Delhi. What are they going to eat? They're going to eat from these, you know, garbage bins, uh, and of course, when they when they eat, of course, they spread it all around, so it's all over the place. There's now an effort uh, to move the cows from Delhi to some place outside, uh, but what I read is uh, still those cows they go back into Delhi. <laughs> They're attached to their home or something. Some places the, the, the cows are owned by people and they will let them go and wander and just graze wherever they can find something and those cows will come back to the home in the evening. But there are many cows that are just homeless. Yeah. Yeah. This is a problem. It's it's a matter of changing culture. Uh, as individuals, we may think, well, 
everyone does this, I also do it. But when there's a culture change, then uh, one one will change because if others see the way one is behaving, they will say, what's with you? What's your problem? And then, oh, no, okay, I don't do that. That's So it's culture change. And how to make culture change? <laughs> this is not easy, but it's possible. It is done. Yes. That he's known in more than three, but now he's just telling about three. Oh, I see what you're saying. He is known in three features. Well, you could take it that way, but I'm that's not the sense he's he's speaking. Um and as is often the case in this translation, Prabhupada is uh not keeping completely strictly to the words. He's giving a bit of purport, you can say. He often does this in his because the word known uh, is, we don't find it in the verse. But he's, you know, explaining with that. But it's not that he's saying, well, there's three aspects of the Absolute that are known, and there could be more than that. Um, but as far as what's known and unknown, you can you can speak of shaktis, of the Lord. So Bhagavan, and this is a major topic of the Bhagavat Sandarbha, which I'm now um, reading, is uh, what does it mean that the Lord has shaktis? And it's it's a hugely important point because uh, this is where the Mayavadis um, are this is where we part ways. This is where we diverge <laughs> from the Mayavadi, uh, who says that Brahman can have no Shakti. If Brahman would have Shakti, they will say, then it will not be unchanging. Anyway, that's Vedanta. Uh, so... Mm, our philosophy, of course, we it's achintya veda veda vada, but it's also shakti parinama vada, the idea that uh, there is a parinama, a transformation, but according to the rules of Vedanta, of the Vedanta game, so to say, Brahman doesn't change. You cannot speak of Brahman changing. Otherwise, you're not speaking about Brahman. So it's not Brahman changing. It's Shakti. Shakti Parinama Vada. The Shaktis of Brahman are changing. And then the question is, well, wait a second. If Brahman is everything, then you're saying Shakti is something additional to that? No, (laughs) 
the shaktis are non-different from. Wherever you have, and Jiva Goswami gives examples uh, from ordinary experience, and the the most famous one, one he likes, seems to like a lot, is the sun. The example of the sun, the sun, the sunlight, sun rays. There is, there is. We make a difference between the sunlight and the sun globe, and at the same time, you cannot speak of them as being separate. So, like that. Yeah. So, speaking of known, not known. So, it's explained that the Lord has infinite shaktis, which are then divided: antaranga, bahiranga, tatasta. But any one of those, there's any number of shaktis. Yeah. Ja, Hare Krishna. So all of this is in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So all of this is talking about who? Lord Chaitanya. Yes. <laughs> That's the point. That's the real point. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki. Krantarashi Chaitanya Charitam Ritaki Gaur Premanande